to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. And I'm Zar. Today on the podcast, we are talking about gaming CEOs trying to gaslight all of us. Oof. What else is new? <laughs> Kratos and Link put down their weapons and get into an online argument. Spicy. And comparing our SMCU to other sweaty man children's. Ooh, exciting. Yes, <laughs> it is indeed. But of course, we're going to end with quick takes and game releases. Zar, how are you today? Why are you still drinking the vanilla bean blonde Christmas cookie? Because it's, it's still in the fridge. <laughs> how? Okay. I swear to God. I've how many packs of this did you have on hand? Because isn't this like the third week in a row you've had one of these? Yes. One of them. I've had one a week. Dude, you just need to, <laughs> you need to stop doing this. How is it? Is it getting worse every week? I mean, it's actually getting better. I think I'm getting used to the taste. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I'm drinking. Still drinking that Christmas in May. What are you what are you sipping on over there? <laughs> you JP? know, I'm going old school, and uh, not old school. White Claw, just a good one. It's uh, it's JP old school. Back, it's it's a classic. Back when White Claw came out, I fucking I everybody it. hated it. Everybody gave you shit for drinking White Claw. They're like, just get a beer, man, or have they, a whiskey or something. And they like, did now <laughs> my back. What? what else are they saying <laughs> no fuck, look I, we're already i already said what i needed to say in this bullshit but let me give you the points one more time from what is basically a professional binge drinker white claws have five percent alcohol content more than any light beer by far zero carbs so you can drink a fuck ton of them and they taste delightful I mean that just checks all the boxes. Yeah, I mean I know. my biggest my biggest box is that it has alcohol in it. So, <laughs> Chuching, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could always get you just uh, what we drink in college, Bartons. Oh yeah, Bartons. Um, man, what what all did we drink? I, that's a time there's I don't not, remember. <laughs> there's not a lot that we didn't try. Uh, Jägermeister. Oh, I still, I love Jaeger. Good old Jaeger bombs. <sighs> Barton's Cherry Windsor. I used to be obsessed Ugh. with this whiskey called Bird Dog. You remember Bird Dog? I remember Bird Dog. <laughs> it's, I loved it because it was $15 for, and they had the craziest flavors too. Like there was chocolate flavored whiskey, <laughs> honeycomb flavored whiskey, blackberry flavored oh, whiskey. They were all terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> Each one was worse than the last. <laughs> All right, but it came with a bitchin' bottle with that cork. Yeah. I mean, you do love a whiskey that comes with an actual cork. Yeah, and it was 15 fucking dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You're mostly paying for the cork at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is just kind of swill. Buy a bottle, get some free whiskey. <laughs> hey, they put whiskey in this thing. All right, let's talk. We are counting down Tears of the Kingdom talks are. We're down to 21 days. 
And so naturally, the games we are playing are still Tears of the Kingdom. So next. <laughs> I almost hate uh, do, Are you playing anything else? Um, I mean, over the weekend, I played a little <laughs> Switch volleyball with a good buddy of mine. Yeah. You know what's funny is um, I remember seeing you pop online because, you know, when your friend pops online, do do do. And, yeah. like, and it's like, Salty Czar is playing Nintendo Switch Sports. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Why isn't he on Tears of the Kingdom? That's what exactly the fuck what is wrong with you? Yeah, well, because I was hanging out with my buddy, and we were getting our volleyball on, you know, crushing kids across the world. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck fuck, em. fuck those kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really good time. I uh, don't like... I, I love Wii Golf. I don't like Switch Golf. It just... They took away I, the rankings. It just uh, I don't I I don't like it. But the volleyball, it's fucking great. Okay, no, I want to say I want to circle back around to this golf thing real quick because you and this buddy of yours, you have multiple times a year where you will meet up at each other's house and you will do nothing for sometimes two days straight. Yep. But play Wii Sports Golf. Yep. And now. The Switch has its own version, which, by the way, has most of the maps from that. It ha- Yeah, it has all the maps. But you don't want to play it? Nope. Why? Well, they got they got rid of the rankings. They got rid of um, really any incentive to, like, keep doing better and playing the game yeah. by yourself. Because, I mean, they really want to push it to online where it's you against seven other people all shooting at the same time. Hmm. And, I mean, it's... It's all right, but everyone just gets so flustered with how quickly they have to shoot that everyone gets, like, triple bogeys. And there's no incentive to play it solo. In fact, any game you play within Switch Sports, solo and offline, it's called practice. Really? Yep. I did not know that. Yep. And so they just, they took out all of the incentive to, like, keep, doing better and better at at the golf portion of it. I mean, you can unlock cosmetics now, but only if you're online, but you can unlock those cosmetics in any of the other games, too. What about Super Rush? Mario Um, Super Rush, the golf game that came out recently. Only play that with button controls, but my buddy and I will play that game. Okay. Um, Yeah, we won't play it online, but we we only play it with button controls because the, the swinging mechanic of Super Rush is difficult is it really like it's not like swinging a real golf club it's you gotta swing it harder you gotta swing faster and it just it doesn't work (laughs) like at all and i mean i don't trust that at all with the flimsy look the strap on the joy con i'll give it to him feels a lot better than the fucking strap on the wemo you remember that leaps and bounds yes yes (laughs) but nonetheless i don't feel comfortable like honestly the new problem would be like the joy con actually detaching from the rail itself yeah and fucking breaking something yeah i mean i could easily see that happening just y- you let go of it a little too quickly yeah. on, on release and that bumper just slides off and all of a sudden you don't have a tv yeah but no fucking sucks yeah i golf they did golf right on the wii because of how simplistic it was right like, we don't need a realistic switch or Wii golf game but yeah so that's what we've been playing or what i played this weekend do you know that one um that one i keep call, calling a maps the course for Wii sports golf where there's like that little island that itty bitty island way off to the side you know what i'm talking about yeah. like the real course goes right and then left or you could go for this itty bitty little island way off in the left okay yeah yeah, yeah. you remember that one 
You go for that all the time, right? Oh, God, no. That that little island actually puts you in horrible position because you're like... It's about the fun. It is about the fun. If you can hit that island, which I have done many times, like I will utilize that island if the wind and the course is right, but it puts you in a bad position all the way above the hole because you're maybe 20 feet above the hole. And so anytime you shoot down, you have to shoot half that distance. Otherwise, it's going to go flying right past. I mean... On any approach I've had, I am more likely to chip in if I'm straight away on the fairway on that hole, and I think yeah. it's like hole three maybe, uh, than hitting onto that island. Interesting. I will I will par and bogey the hole more often if I hit that island than if I just play the course normally. All right. I have uh, honestly I'm on that Tears of the Kingdom grind. The only time I deviated. So funny story. This girl at work. I carry my backpack to work every day, right? And people are like, oh, he's got important stuff in there. It's literally my switch. (laughs) My backpack, like my laptop and stuff, I leave at work so that I don't get tempted to do stuff for work outside of work. The backpack (laughs) I carry in literally only has my gaming equipment. Because you never know. Important stuff must be hiding in his backpack. (laughs) Yeah. So this girl girl I work with, uh, she knows this. She knows my secrets. And she's come up to, she came up to me today and said, GP, I'm getting a switch today. And I was like, (laughs) you came to the right place. The clouds open up. (laughs) She was like, uh, she was like, give me the difference between the three main switches and then give me some game recommendations. So I explained to her like the switch light, the normal switch, the switch OLED. But it got really interesting when I talked about the games. Because I was like, okay, so. She was like, give me, like, the top three games a new Switch owner should have. And I said, okay. Number one, uh, she had her heart set on Pikmin. (laughs) She loves Pikmin. No. No, I let her have it. I was like, all right, fine. You can get Pikmin. But the other two choices are mine. She said, okay. Number two, Mario Kart. Okay. Uh, Because, come on, you got a Switch, you got a Mario Kart. Classic. Number three, um, I recommended Stardew Valley. Really? Okay, I could see that. It's just, it's a little surprising with Pikmin, Mario Kart. It's not a great lineup. Honestly, Pikmin threw the whole thing off. It really does. Like, if you could just change that out for, like, Mario Odyssey or something like that. Yeah, but she was like, if there's no Pikmin, I'm not getting the Switch. And I was like, (laughs) and I'm like, this affects me literally zero, and yet I feel invested. I am unreasonably upset about your demands. (laughs) But no, she she was like, I need a game that's just, you know, nobody dies. It's calm. I've got time to think about things. And I was like, okay, you know what? Stardew Valley. Yeah, that checks the boxes. 15 bucks, hours worth of entertainment. I think you're going to get a kick out of it. No pressure. Yeah, and if not, you're out 15 bucks. Yeah, (laughs) you can kick my ass about it later. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you $15. (laughs) I will give you the $15 for this game. So it reminded me about how much Christine loves Stardew Valley. Okay. And Christine and I are moving in together relatively soon. Mm. So I had this fucking idea. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank. I, I don't feel like it's something I should be congratulated for. <laughs> it's a step in adulthood. Yeah, that's what they say. But anyway, I came up with this fucking idea for a Stardew Valley themed bathroom. Okay. Y- y- are you following? I found like... Does it have dueling toilets? I I can't find an apartment complex with that option. <laughs> it's not even apartments dueling toilets. It's not even an option in the filters. <laughs> Damn. 
But I did find a uh, Stardew Valley uh, shower curtain. Okay. So I think I'm going to get the shower curtain, and I think I'm going to get, like, uh, pixelated wall art. Okay. And I love a couple of, like, statues to put on the sinks of maybe, like, different characters. She doesn't know any of this, by the way. <laughs> and she uh, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm safe. So you're totally safe. I think that's great. I mean, as long as you know she's going to love it. Oh, she <laughs> walks in. What the fuck is this? <laughs> and the coup de gras. I want to, like, create some mechanism next to the door where, like, once the door is open, it starts playing, like, Stardew Valley music. Because the soundtrack <laughs> is fucking stellar. All you need is a musical greeting card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just attach that to the door. <laughs> All right. What are we doing today, man? I believe you've got the first article. What are we talking about? All right. So our first article comes to us from Kotaku and is written by Zach Zweizen. So thank you very much, Zach. What a name, by the way. I know, right? We've had we've had Zach uh, write some articles on, on ah. our podcast before. And not for us, but he has written articles that we have covered. Yeah, um, good man. This particular article is entitled GTA Publisher's Boss Not Seeing Any Pushback on $70 Games. As mm. Sega and Nintendo join other companies in selling games for $70, Take-Two's CEO claims gamers are fine with it. All right, right off the bat, fuck this guy, but keep going. Yeah. So during Take-Two Interactive's recent earnings call with investors, uh, the CEO, Strauss Zelnick, was asked about other publishers selling AAA games at discounted prices shortly after launch. His company has been made one of many to start charging $70 for games, and at least according to him, he hasn't seen any pushback on the new price point. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've seen this. This is starting to be tied to the times. We've talked about this before. Games like Borderlands and the NBA games, they're going to be right. $70 now. Tears of the Kingdom is $70 now, which is interesting because Tears of the Kingdom makes an appearance in this article. Yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, basically Zelnick believes that gamers are just buying fewer games right now and that's why they're okay with the price cuts uh-huh yeah 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 and this this goes on like all of these non-answers to why gamers are so chipper to spend an extra ten dollars on games oh do tell well i'm thrilled uh, you know what i hate having money in my pocket let's you know what I mean? It's the worst. Oh, I know. I mean, what am I going to do with an extra $70? It's just weighing me down. I know, right? So here's where, where Tears of the Kingdom comes in. So coming from the article, the conversation around game prices has been bubbling for a while now as more publishers, including Take-Two Interactive, join the $70 game club, including... Nintendo, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. But Zelnick claimed that consumers don't really mind. In fact, quoting from the article, Zelnick said, We're not seeing a pushback on the frontline price. What we're seeing is consumers are seeking to limit their spending by going either to the stuff they really, really care about, blockbusters, or to value. And sometimes it could be both. And the good news is we have a bunch of blockbusters and a wonderful catalog. Really? Uh, you have a bunch of blockbusters? Because right now, I think your only IP is GTA 5. 
Okay, to be fair here, I mean, Take-Two has worked with a lot of stuff, right? They have. The publisher behind 2K, which, by the way, isn't anything to brag about, but it's there. Well, yeah. Borderlands, GTA V, Bioshock. Like, yes, they've got some great fucking names under their belt. They really do. But, ah, God, I just... I just don't even know where to fucking start with this. Okay, first of all, I guess... Do you think that this guy, this wonderful CEO of a gaming company, you think he's a gamer? No, you think he God, actually no. gives two shits about games I, or the people that play him? I highly doubt it, or he is a very casual gamer. I mean, you look at CEOs like Phil Spencer, and Phil Spencer is mostly a gamer. Like, he does frequent games. I don't see Zelnick frequenting his company's games. Well, that's where this gets interesting, right? It's because, okay, so Zelnick is not like a normal CEO of a different gaming company, right? Like, you look at this guy, and nothing about him screams gamer. It screams kind of sketchy-looking businessman, to be honest. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This guy just looks like a a businessman, just multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar CEO, really. So chances are this guy's not hanging out around IGN or Kotaku, or any other video game website that shares news, he's probably looking at Forbes, which is just a big circle jerk for other assholes like him. Yeah, that's where they focus on the numbers and not right. actually what the numbers are representing. Because, And I say that because it's like, if you took two... Fu- just literally Google, hey, do people have a problem with spending $70 on a video game? Yes! Yes, everybody. We've been talking about it since, like, $70 games had started popping up. We hate the price increase. We understand it because that's inflation, and, like, this has happened several times throughout the course of video game history, but it doesn't mean we like spending the extra $10. Right. And now what's really interesting is you mentioned that this asshole almost kind of uses like Tears of the Kingdom as like a scapegoat yeah. for the $70 price tag. What is it that he said exactly? Well, he he goes on and basically just claims that uh, consumers don't mind. Uh, like back to the article, um, the conversation around game prices has been bubbling for a while. Now as more publishers, including Take-Two Interactive, join the $70 game club, including Nintendo with The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. But Zelnick claimed that consumers don't really mind. Um, and then that goes back to the quote I mentioned earlier about having a bunch of blockbusters and a wonderful catalog. There's really no... yeah. No explanation to why he brought up Tears of the Kingdom. Just the fact that, hey, we have content that can support this. Tears of the Kingdom was a horrible example to bring up because people have been extraordinarily vocal about how much it's bullshit that this game costs $70. Yeah. Like, that was just a really bad fucking yeah, no, example. It, it really was because, like, no one thinks that Tears of the Kingdom should have been $70. No. Not even on a Switch OLED. No, absolutely fucking not. I mean, like, take take the way Link looks out of the equation, right? Like, let's say you use the same Link, and you drop one in Breath of the Wild, you drop one in Tears of the Kingdom, and you show me two screenshots, one from each. They look exactly the fucking same. Yeah, yeah, no, it literally yeah. it's the same. Yeah, it's not much better at all. It is identical. 
yeah, so just using Tears of the Kingdom as an example was a fucking horrible move. Oh, because bad move. There's no game that's been like more criticized lately than that game. Yeah, like he could have said Hogwarts or something because we right. all paid seventy dollars for Hogwarts. Which, I mean, that game, until Tears of the Kingdom came out, right. was going to be game of the year. Now it has to compete with Tears of the Kingdom. But that does not justify the cost of that $70 game. Because Hogwarts, compared to Tears of the Kingdom, are two vastly different games, spec-wise. Right. And I think this is a point that is good to make here. Where does the price from games come from? It's an interesting question that not a lot of us really think about. Exactly. And so you, you've broken it down into a, a simple list here. Well, we've got research and development. You have to research your product. You have to plan out how you are going to build your new IP. And then obviously the development is in literally, you know, creating, the, creating game. the fucking game. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of labor and a lot of departments that go into that. Right. Then you've got the marketing team. Of course. You got to pay the marketing team so that they'll advertise your game. And if you don't have good marketing, then you're not going to sell your game. Yeah. Talent labor. You know, we, we've always said that voice actors don't get enough of, the, of a fair shake in, in the voice acting world, especially when it comes to video games. Not but unless you're someone huge. Not unless you you're know? someone huge. But that is still a factor that goes into making games. Bottom line is another factor. They need to make a certain amount of money. Like right. they they have to invest a certain amount of money to get a, a gain in value. Yeah, totally. And finally, buying the brand. They have to invest and buy their brand and sell yeah. their brand. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It's just look, here's why I threw this in because there's legitimate reasons to look at a product like a video game and say the $70 price tag is too high, but I mean, really, it's like, if you break it down into the costs, it does make sense. It does. But it's not fair to say that we're fucking happy about it. No. Necessarily. No, you can't come out and say that gamers don't care. Gamers are fine with it, because that's a flat-out lie. And honestly, the part of the article that I was more upset about was when he started being a fucking asshole. Like, honestly, gamers would rather just pay more for less games. Yes. You know, uh, like, um, okay. Triple A games are the games that cost $70. Triple A games are also much, much more likely to drop unfinished than any indie game. Yep. Much more likely. They bank off of that all the fucking time. All the time. I mean, it's, if, if this $70 came with a guarantee that we are going to finish every game now. They are not going to release unfinished. There are not going to be bugs. We're not going to have to go back with all these patch notes. Right. Then, yeah, we'll pay $70 for it. But if you're not going to shake up the routine and you're still going to launch games unfinished yeah. and you're still going to have to provide game-breaking patches, yep. then why are we paying this extra $10? That's just the fucking thing is, like, there's another category to this that's just straight-up corporate greed. Yes. Just straight up. Like, I looked it up. You know, the gaming industry right now is having a huge problem with layoffs, you know? It's ironic yeah. because every year seems like it's a fantastic fucking year for gaming. We're getting great fucking games. But the people who make these fucking games 
are getting laid off like crazy. You know, once one project's done, they don't know if they're going to have another project to work on. Exactly. That's that's the other factor in this is how we just talked about breaking the cost of, of games down. A lot of that is labor-centered. Yeah. So, like, voice actors, developers, programmers, um, mix and masters, all of those people are dwindling in the industry. Yet they're still overcharging for these games. It almost feels like if you had a big push to hire a bunch of people into the gaming industry, it'd make more sense for us to pay a little bit more for these games so that you can pay your labor. But instead, you're trying to maximize your profit by cutting all of your people and overselling for a game. And just to just to say, because I was curious, this guy, Mr. Strauss Zelnick, I mean, he's got $200 million net worth. Yeah. You know, now, do I think as a CEO, you've got responsibilities that would warrant, like, maybe a higher income than your average employee? Of course I think that. Do I think that service is worth $200 million? No! No, 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 no. So, look, there's zero chance in hell Strauss Zelnick is listening to this right now. But it on the off chance, on the off chance, he sees his name on something and decides to give it a listen. Let me tell you, sir. We are not happy about the $70 price tag on games. Maybe if there were perpetually articles that said, um, gaming designers treated really well. Things going well. Unions supported. Maybe then. But that's not what we're seeing. It is not what we're seeing. Not happy. No, we're not happy. Not happy. So if this is the first time you are ever hearing this from actual gamers who play actual video games... Mm -hmm. Mr. Zelnick, we're not happy to pay $70 for your fucking game. No. No, we are not. There. Now you can't say you haven't heard it before. (laughs) Fucking twat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They're actually really happy to pay more money if you think about it. If you think about it. They just, they want less game for more price. It helps them. Like, you know, that's the same argument that some asshole politician uses for like, you know, people in poverty. It's just like, you know, if you think about it, they're probably happier with less money. Something like that. It's Absolutely. A, yeah, that's, I could, I could hear it. I could easily hear it. Let's move on before I have an aneurysm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was trying I'm to get mad. I'm so too. angry. All right. Are you ready for this? This one's coming to us from comicbook.com, written by Mark. The champs, the champs. I want to say the champs. The champs. Thanks, Mark. The champ. Get ready for this. God of War creator calls Zelda Tears of the Kingdom distractingly ugly. <laughs> All right, now. Ooh, shots fired. By the way, spoiler free. This this segment. By the way, we still have the twenty one day rule. Spoiler free. That's a, that, that's a, that's a good preface. Saying. Good preface. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but Tears of the Kingdom looks exactly like Breath of the Wild. There you go. There's your spoiler. <laughs> sp- we've seen, sh- you know, screenshots. We've seen trailers. If yeah. you haven't seen anything on Tears of the Kingdom yet, how are you so good at living under a rock? I, it goes back to my buddy from last week. Just, oh, I'll just cut off social media and all connection to people. You know, <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Let's get into this a little bit. David Jaffe, Jaffe, I'm going to say Jaffe. David Jaffe has never been afraid of making controversial statements on Twitter. And this time, the God of War creator tossed a grenade at Nintendo Switch fans. (laughs) 
Jeffy has been playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom lately, and while he's apparently been enjoying it, he also called out reviewers for not being harder on the game's visuals. Jaffe shared a screenshot from Tears of the Kingdom stating that it's staggering how this game can look like this and not get at least a little dinged by reviews. When many fans of the game stood up for the visuals, Jaffe dug in further. <laughs> by the way, this is all on Twitter. Wake up, plumber boy. <laughs> is that from the old Crash Bandicoot yeah. commercial? Yeah, because this guy's just standing outside of Nintendo. Yo, green cap. <laughs> Rise and shine, plumber boy. Right. <laughs> Jaffe said... I've been trumpeting gameplay over visuals and games as an art form since I started making games professionally 20 years ago. Fact is, though, there are distractingly ugly parts of this game. Deal with it or don't, but it's true. Now, (laughs) you would think after the horde of Nintendo Switch fans literally all started screeching at once and attacking him on Twitter, he'd back down. He did not back down. No, it just gets worse. (laughs) A few days later, Jaffe trolled Zelda fans once again, this time sharing an AI image of Link, saying that someone should send this to the folks at Nintendo and show them how to do the art next time. (laughs) When a fan pointed out that Jaffe clearly loves messing with Nintendo fan base, he replied stating that it's terrible of me, but at the same time, it just fascinates me how they can be so easily baited. (laughs) So this guy's just trolling on Nintendo right now. Yes. It's... So I, listen, I love my Nintendo Switch, but let's start off with this. I think this is hilarious. <laughs> this is really funny. No, I'm, I'm laughing my ass off over here. Now, there's defenses that I wanted to make on both sides of the aisle here, but I wanted to start from the very top by asking this simple question. Who the fuck is David Jaffe? That's a good question. I don't think I've ever heard of this guy. So I had no idea either. So I went to uh, check out his Wikipedia page, you know, good old Wikipedia, super reliable. Yeah, best source this side of the Internet. And in the nicest way I can put this, this guy is not just simply a washed up gaming developer. Ah, now uh, let me start off when it said God of War. It didn't mean the big because it said God of War developer. It didn't mean the big fancy God of War that came out in 2018 it meant god of war the 2005 oh yeah so I, this guy's comparing his 2005 game uh-huh. to tears of the kingdom yep that was on the playstation 2 that'd be the one. Oh my god all right so it, it's not that jaffe hasn't done some cool things like he's done he did god of war and god of war 2 as the creative directors right he was a game director for twisted metal Okay, yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, his most recent, he did a lot of stuff for the NES back in 1993 as a game tester. And most recently, he came up with a uh, game called Drawn to Death, which honestly, I don't know what the fuck that is. But oh, I haven't heard of that one. Honestly, that's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> Drawn to Death, huh? Yes. Hmm. So David Jaffe, is he relevant in the gaming industry? Doesn't sound like it. Meh. He, like, don't get me wrong. I'm very grateful for everything God of War is. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I'm sorry, buddy. Your time in the spotlight is done. And honestly, it's God of War's fault a little bit, right? They shouldn't. They pulled an Xbox by naming the 2018 brand new shiny God of War the exact same thing as its predecessor from 2005. Yeah, even though it was a different story and different not even, gameplay. Not even a, different it wasn't even everything. a reboot. It was just a continuation of the goddamn series. Yes. <laughs> So this story fascinates me for a lot of different reasons. 
Number one, I feel like there needs to be defense of David Jaffe as somebody who just has freedom of speech on the internet. On the other hand, I wanted to talk about In Defense of Tears of the Kingdom because obviously, like, I love this game (laughs) and I got some things to say. All right, let's talk about In Defense of David Jaffe, right? Because everybody who owns a Nintendo Switch has been coming after this guy's throat. All right, all right, let's play a little devil's advocate here. I think I saw Zach in the comments somewhere like, <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, as soon as we started reading this article, I could just hear Zach in the distance. Like, ah! <laughs> all right, in defense of David Jaffe. Number one, the Switch was basically outdated the second it was released. Oh, yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, right? Like, even back in, how old is the Switch now? 2016? Fuck. Yeah, probably. Around 2017? Yeah, I think it was 2016. Whatever it was, even when it released at the time, it was not more powerful than anything on the market. In fact, it, it wasn't even more powerful than a, a Wii. Yeah. <laughs> Got me there. Like, but I think the GameCube had more power than this thing. Oh, I fucking love the cube. And who doesn't love the cube? We love the cube here. We love the cube. We love the cube. But I mean,. He's right. Like, the Switch was basically outdated the second it was released, right? And I want to go back to another thing that we literally just talked about with that CEO article. Um, He's right. Like, this game costs $70 when Breath of the Wild costs 60 knowing damn well that the game looks exactly the same. So what did we pay extra money for? We've got the Switch, which is incredibly underpowered by any gaming standards. Hell, by gaming standards a decade ago, we've got the fact that Tears of the Kingdom has a $70 price tag that it does not deserve at all, even though the game is fantastic. It is. Yeah, no. Absolutely fantastic game. Could be game of the year. Still not worth $70. Nope. And finally, um, David Jaffe has a point. Nintendo fans are fun to troll. (laughs) It's so easy. They are pretty easy to bait, not going to lie. It's so easy. It's just, look, as Xbox and PlayStation fanboys, you and I have a certain self-awareness that we need to practice, right? Yeah. Like for PlayStation, um, the PS5 is ugly. I'm sorry, but it is. Uh, They drop the ball more often than not with the state of play events. Yeah. And they keep taking functionality away from services that people have already paid for. That's not fucking cool. No, no. And I mean, like, you talk to me, you tell me any Xbox game looks like shit, plays like shit. I'll probably agree with you. Xbox isn't perfect. That's Bethesda's brand, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, don't even get me started on Bethesda here. We have like six Bethesda releases this year. And oh, sweet Jesus, I'm not ready. Redfall is a Bethesda game. Was that Bethesda? That was Bethesda. Ghostwire Tokyo, Bethesda. Hi-Fi Rush, Bethesda. Oh, Bethesda. They've got six games coming out this this year, and if you tell me any of them suck, I'll probably agree with you. But Nintendo fanboys are just so in denial sometimes. Oh, they live and breathe by it. Right. Like, obviously this is anecdotal, but in my opinion, the most delusional out of the three. I would say so. And it's like... I remember when I heard that Nintendo was getting some titles and I was just like, that's optimistic. <laughs> like when I heard the Witcher three was coming. To it happened. Switch. It did happen. Not well, but it happened, but it happened. So, and I mean, 
even beyond the way the games look, Nintendo shits the bed by doing stupid shit all the fucking time. Yeah. Canceling gaming tournaments, taking shit away from fans of their own service. I could go on and on and on about Nintendo. Yeah, they suing suck. themselves for copyright and shutting their own stuff down. Yeah, no, Nintendo does make a lot of mistakes. All right. Now, here's where this gets interesting because you think, oh, David Jaffe, clearly the story, or not clearly the story, clearly the hero in this story. No. <laughs> no. Because this forced me, I was at work and I did like 45 minutes of research on David Jaffe because this man is interesting. And not in a good way. <laughs> so, number one, in defense of Tears of the Kingdom, uh, David Jaffe has always had the privilege of working on video games with the most fantastic and powerful hardware at his disposal, right? Like, given it's Nintendo with Nintendo with their console and their game, right? So, it's like the optimization is more important than the power of the console itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I heard that. Did you crack another beer? Maybe. In the middle of my... Really? In, in the middle of your in, spiel? In the middle of my spiel. My bad. <laughs> I tried to make it quiet. So, I mean, take a game like God of War. Not the fancy 2018 version, by the way. 2005. And, and I'm going to keep saying that to humble him up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for the time, the game looked and played fucking awesome. Yeah. But you had the privilege of working on one of the more expensive consoles that were at the on the market at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, your game's gonna look better. You know? Yeah, it, it just will. Your console had more power. I mean, maybe not realistically compared to the PS2 to the Switch now, but, right. like, at the time, you had the modern console to work with. Yeah. And speaking of the hardware, that's kind of point number two in Defense of Tears of the Kingdom is, look, visually, the game is fantastic. Um, but as far as, like, the art and the graphics, um, it's got some of the best optimization I've seen in a Nintendo game, honestly. Yeah, no, I mean... With as much as Tears of the Kingdom is, how you can see for miles in any direction... Yeah. The shit in the sky... Oh, I watched a YouTube video just yesterday uh, talking about the um, I can't the visual distance, the rendering of visual distance. Yeah. Um, in Breath of the Wild, you could dump a couple items on the ground, and you walk maybe ten feet away, and they disappear. They yeah. despawn. You drop items in Tears of the Kingdom, and you can go to like a town over, and your items will still be exactly where you dropped them. That's pretty good. It keeps like. The rendering is incredible on a massive scale with how much it can load and keep loaded into the map. Right. So the point is, like, yeah, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, take a game like fucking um, Legends Arceus, for example. Like, that game also looked really fantastic. It was so poorly optimized. Yes. You had frame drops. Yes. And horrible visual effects. Hoppins. And this was for NPCs that were doing fucking nothing, by the way. Yeah. A world that was lifeless, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, there are a lot of avenues to complain, but, you know, we're narrowing them down here. All right. And now, I'm going to be honest. This is my favorite and probably the most important point. Um, David Jaffe himself is not necessarily good at accepting criticism. Uh-oh. In fact... Honestly, after doing research on this guy, he's a little problematic. Uh-oh. 
Yeah? Are you ready to hear some shit? Let's go. All right, so this is an interview. So I was doing research. I was fascinated by this man. I had to know more about him. Yeah, you sound like you went down the uh, Charlie Kelly in the mailroom situation. I did, and I got that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Sonny. All right. So this interview I found is from a inverse, right, written by Jake Kleinman. So thank you, Jake. God of War video game director responds to inverse criticism. Uh-oh. Let's see how David Jaffe accepts <laughs> criticism. Oh, how the turns tabled. All right. Now get this. David Jaffe, director of the first two God of War video games. I like how they specified that. The first two. Yep. Has responded to criticism of the series that came out as part of God of War Week, a series of essays published by Inverse, which took to task treatment of women in the series. Ooh, Yikes, that's already is, not a good start. Yeah, this is not going in a good direction. All right, here's a quote. Uh, get ready for this. I must continually state that Kratos was never a misogynist in God of War 1. Like, at all. And it, yeah, I know. And it pisses me off that journalists, air quote, continue to retcon that game in order to justify the thesis of their God of War 2018 stories. Jaffe posted on his Twitter account last week. Now, here is my favorite counterpoint that the author brings up against this. This article by Inverse also included references to various questionable choices made throughout the God of War series. For example, the inclusion of an achievement called Bros Before Hoes that's unlocked by curb stomping a female enemy in God of War oh, Ascension. Fuck, man, that's that is not okay. That's so, harsh. David Jaffe. There is you could have just been like, yeah, you know, it was a little <laughs> There's no, sh- I, yeah. Don't uh, be, you know? <laughs> don't be attacking and chastising another game if you have an armada of skeletons in the closet. Oh my god. Okay, now David Jaffe really doubled down with that comment. Right? Yeah. Like, and then it's just it's not looking good in his favor. No. So after this article dropped, he made another tweet. Refer- yeah, I know. I saw your face. <laughs> All right. And Did a now, whole, now, I'm going to warn you. This is some pretty incel shit that he posted. Are you ready for this? Uh, let's go. So somebody tweeted at him kind of like, hey, I feel like women in your game are a little bit objectified. You can't find that original tweet anymore, but you can find his response tweet, which says, nah, that's just good old fashioned healthy sex, sir. Some men these days seem to have gotten the joy of raw, animalistic, and always consensual, which this was, sex confused with hating women. Newsflash, though, they are nowhere near related. So this man oh, tripled the no. fuck down. Holy fuck. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> it, and now given, like, this was from, the trophy itself was from God of War Ascension, a game he was not involved with. But he did come to defend. He did, yeah. He people defended. Are, yes. And, and, it, and then the oh, uh, I, I don't even want to touch that second comment. Holy shit! And it's so. Of course, that sparked controversy. For of ga- course, <laughs> gaming journalists started like, "Hey, you want to do an interview?" Another like, "Hey, you want to look like a fucking idiot for us, and we profit off of it because you're really hot right now." <laughs> we got a list of questions you're not going to appreciate. <laughs> So, where does that leave us now? 
I want to go home and play Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I don't feel safe anymore. No! We're going to talk about this <laughs> oh, incel. Oh. So, Nintendo fans. Yes, this man insulted us. He insulted our game. Criticism is not always bad, though. And in fact, I think in a lot of ways, David Jaffe was correct. I mean, it, but it, it, there's a lot to say, a lot to <laughs> complain about Tears of the Kingdom. But if you had taken a little bit of time to research the man instead of just hate-mongering him on Twitter, you would find that he's actually kind of a sad guy that maybe isn't worth your time a little bit. Yeah. But also, I kind of hate him more now, too. <laughs> I, it's it, it's so fascinating. And you know what's funny about all of this is, like, all of this, it, it's not even news. Like, yes, him saying that, like, uh, Tears of the Kingdom looks like trash is news. But all of this other are these other articles are from, like, almost five to ten years ago. I went to this motherfucker's blog from 2010. Damn. And I was finding even more problematic shit. Oh, no. And it's just like, holy fuck. This is so juicy. Oh, my God. You did go down a rabbit hole. Dude, I swear to God, I couldn't stop. I was like, I have to know more about this it guy. It sounds like there's still even more out there about him, too. More than likely. I, he, You can find him on Twitter right now posting more ridiculous shit. Maybe we should do an episode on this guy down the line. Just like... Let's reach out see like, The entire <laughs> back history of this guy leading up to this event. Jaffe. Hey, we're gaming commentators. We want to bring you on for a totally non-biased, very flattering interview with you, sir. Hey, I, I, won't, I, I won't sugarcoat it here. I wasn't... Fuck, David Jaffe, if you are listening, one, tell us if we're getting your last name right. Two, oh, yeah. <laughs> reach out to us because we would love to have you on the podcast. Um, I know you just joked about the un unbiased uh, questionnaire of him, but I'm really curious to see his side. I want to know what went through this guy's head to make all these mistakes. Look, I am, I am very fair in giving people the benefit of the doubt. But when you, you know, and especially he's right. Journalists, no matter what they do, can twist words and make things seem bad, way worse than they really are. These are facts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it I'm looking all the time. at your tweets. Yes, you can't, you can't claim that you were misconstrued if you are the one tweeting. He seemed, honestly, he seems like exactly the kind of guy that would be the original God of War director, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> David Jaffe, please, we have questions David for you. David Jaffe. <laughs> we have questions, man. I have some fucking questions for you, sir. Hit us up on uh, on Twitter <laughs> at GameTPodcastX. We will respond, we'll and be, we would love to have you. We'll be right here for you, David. We'll be, we'll be right here. We'll be right here. Who hurt you, David? I know we don't have cameras, but I'm looking at the camera right now. That's in the room. <laughs> who, who hurt you, David? Who hurt you? All right. We've got one more thing to do today, and... Uh, I was really happy with how our SMCU, Super Mario Cinematic Universe, came out last week. I wanted you to have the honors of starting us off on this article. All right, all right. Um, so this article is coming to us from thegamer.com and is written by Lou Lang. So thank you. Uh, Mario fans are planning out the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. First and foremost, I want to preface this. 
I like what we had coined better, the Super Mario yeah. Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it, it rings out better. I totally it does. Agree. Nintendo Cinematic Universe, I mean, it makes sense under the, uni- the umbrella of Nintendo, but Super Mario Cinematic Universe, come on. Come on. All right, so going from the article, the Super Mario Bros. movie saw Nintendo and Illumination partner up for a cinematic adaptation of the popular plumber, an icon, and a video game medium. From reports, it sounds like if the animated feature debut of Mario and Luigi internationally has been as triumphant success, with a movie apparently in the cards for having one of the biggest opening weekends ever for an animated movie. And I mean, we have talked about this before. This movie was huge. Yes. It was a big opening weekend, which begs the question, what's next? And if you listeners, dear listeners out there, are avid fans of the Game Tea Podcast, you would know that last week we had a very special episode where we planned out the Super Mario Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Now, refresh my memory. We had 10 games. Yeah. So the way we did it is we had Super Mario Bros. movie first and then uh, Super Smash Bros. movie last, last in our face, obviously. So we started off with the Super Mario Bros. movie first, and then we had uh, the Super Smash Bros. movie last. In between there, we had eight different movie game slash things that we created. Uh, Luigi's Mansion. That was number two. I don't remember the exact order. Um, I know we had a Metroid, a Star Fox, an Earthbound, a Legend of Zelda, Mm -hmm. and then a Donkey Kong movie. Yes, um, and then Super Mario Odyssey. Yes, and then Super Mario Odyssey to kind of that was kind of kind of be our way to like get everybody in the same world together. Yes, get as many many Nintendo characters into the Super Smash Bro movie by the end of the phase as possible. Also, side note: Do you remember when you wanted to add a fucking Christmas special? I'm still yes. mad at you for that. I still think that should be a thing. No, fuck you. I want to see Rob Mr. Game and Watch and a Santa Little hat. Mac. God damn it. <laughs> There's other ways. Well, I haven't heard any better ways than holiday movies, man. Holiday movie. Oh, ho, ho, motherfucker. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Anywho, so it seems like the Nintendo community had the same idea as us, and they wanted to see a phase one of a Nintendo cinematic universe. Yes. So they did. That's what they did. They planned it out. And so here we're going to compare what the fans' Nintendo Cinematic Universe is compared to our Super Mario Cinematic Universe. Now, I mean, the obvious last question is going to be, do you think we did it better or the fans did it better? Because my understanding is that this user posted the picture to Reddit that of, of like a Photoshopped version of like the timeline. Yeah. And then people commented how they felt. And again, Nintendo fans are very opinionated people. Very. Yeah. So, you know, we've all got opinions out there. So... The first basic question is, do you think they did a good job? So real quick, what are all the movies in the timeline? All right. So starting with the first movie, it is the Super Mario Brothers movie. And then next is Detective Pikachu 2, The Legend of Zelda Master Sword, Star Fox, Earthbound, Super Mario Bros. 2, Yoshi's Island, Yep, Metroid, and finally ending with Super Smash Bros. The Fight Against Master Hand. All right. So right off the bat, I love that we lined up on the Super Smash Bros. movie. 
Yes. They want to see a fight against Masterhand. Which is what we said, too. Which is what we said, right. too. We also thought that maybe the inclusion of Crazy Hand could be good there, too. Hell, maybe Phase 2 would be best to introduce Crazy Hand. And after scenes credit of Super Smash Bros., right? Where yeah. it's like a Crazy Hand coming up? I don't know. <laughs> Approaching Masterhand like, brother, who hurt you? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? <laughs> I don't get him. Anywho. Uh, another another thing on first expe- inspection that I'm seeing, they lined up Star Fox, Earthbound, and Metroid, pretty much how we had. Yeah, that is interesting. We had Star Fox down to Earthbound and then straight to Metroid. Now, they do have the Super Mario Bros. movie to Yoshi's Island in between Earthbound and Metroid, but that's still really interesting that this person thought the same thing as us. Yeah, and they put Zelda pretty early in there at like they movie did. number two. They did. I think that's early. I hate Detective Pikachu. I don't like Why? the fact... What do you have against adding Pokemon to this? Detective Pikachu... Okay, well, they put Detective Pikachu on the Nintendo Cinematic Universe timeline. Then they have to put the first one before the Super Mario Bros. movie. And how oh. do you tie in two Detective Pikachu movies? I get it. You just want it to be sequential. Yes. Well, uh, okay. Well, not necessarily that, but like, how do you tie in Detective Pikachu as the Pikachu from the Smash Brothers universe? That Pikachu is a fighter in Smash Bros, not a detective. He can be whatever the fuck he wants to be. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand Detective Pikachu on this list. I mean, I'm. I, I agree, or I, I'm agreeing with myself last week that I don't think a Pokemon movie should be in Phase One, but. I really don't think Detective Pikachu 2 should ever be considered in a Nintendo Cinematic Universe. Honestly, I totally agree with that. Like, If uh, you want Pokemon, do a Pokemon movie. I totally agree. Like, I was fighting hard in our list for a Pokemon movie, um, but doing Detective Pikachu, it, no. No, and I mean, like, that even crossed my mind. I never said it while we were recording, but I was like, there already is a Nintendo movie out there, Detective Pikachu. Is that part of the Nintendo Cinematic Universe? Well, fuck, I hope not. Yeah. So the pros of this list we have so far are this, the placement of Star Fox at number four, Earthbound at number five, and Metroid at number seven is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk real quick about Super Mario Bros. 2 Yoshi's Island. Now, I, I've been protecting you, my friend, because the truth is we've been getting a lot of flack after people heard our last episode. Oh, really? E- either be Yes, I've gotten several people approach me and they're wondering why this game wasn't included, why this game wasn't in a different spot in the list, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's got a different opinion. Uh, yeah, they're Nintendo fans. They're easy to bait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, David. Ha <laughs> ha. I know. Listen, I understand that the super duper uh, super duper extra special end scene to Super Mario Bros. the movie was a Yoshi egg cracking. Um, I don't think Yoshi deserves his own fucking movie. No, not at all. <laughs> Yoshi's egg cracking wasn't even that special. You know why? We saw other Yoshis in the movie. We saw a whole fucking herd of Yoshis running. The only one color of Yoshi we didn't see was a green Yoshi, oddly enough. I, is that true? I it feel is. like there was a green Yoshi. No, I've watched several YouTube videos where they were trying to find one green Yoshi really? and not a single green Yoshi showed up. Okay. so That wasn't like an Easter egg on a coin or something or a right. statue. Nonetheless, Yoshi doesn't deserve his own movie. No. I'm sorry. And like... 
How is the Super Mario Brothers m- movie 2 gonna be about Yoshi's Island? Because if you remember your gaming history, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, is Yoshi stumbling upon Baby Mario and right. carrying Baby Mario through the Mushroom Kingdom. Exactly. Back to the castle. Back to his parents, oddly enough. Um... How the fuck are you going to incorporate that into the Nintendo timeline? I know. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I get that they were like, this makes the most sense because it's a direct sequel and Yoshi was hinted at in the credit sequence. So let me ask you this. Two additions that we made to our list that are not in this list are uh, F-Zero. F-Zero. And, and Luigi's Mansion. And Donkey Kong's Country. And Donkey Kong's Country. Let's say instead of the 10 that we gave our list, we reduced it to eight. Okay. Now, obviously, because Smash Bros. is first, or Smash Bros. is last, and the Super Mario movie is first, that only gives us six slots to work with. That's not a lot of slots. It's not. If you had... Especially setting up for the Fighter Royale. I think this list that they have is pretty good, honestly. But they're missing a couple things. Number one, take Detective Pikachu out. And I'd say throw in F-Zero. I would, too. Like, Captain Falcon was on the N64. Captain Falcon yeah. is a known Nintendo IP. If Captain Falcon is not in the Super Smash Bros. movie, then you are severely limiting the character sheet. Now, do I feel good about F-Zero being at movie number two? No. Not really? No. Um, but but I, I also wouldn't put Zelda so low. Or so close to the start. Yeah, or so I totally close agree. to the start. I think your Luigi's Mansion movie is perfect because it gives you enough of Mario characters to, at that point, be like, okay, we've got two movies now, and they were both good, but let's deviate. Yeah. Let's see what else is out there. So I'm saying take out Detective Pikachu 2 and replace it with your Luigi's Mansion movie. Okay. And. Mario doesn't have to be excluded from Luigi's Mansion like he is in the games, but it would kind of be like Super Mario Bros where like rather than Luigi being the side character that you hardly see, maybe that's Mario. Yeah, maybe Mario only gets five lines in that movie and Luigi gets most of the lines because that's how they did it in the Super Mario Bros movie with Luigi. From there, you could have Star Fox, Earthbound, and Metroid, and then Zelda. Yes. And finally... Okay, here's where people might be able to disagree. I think, in my opinion, that you need one movie to tie everything together before you go into the Super Smash Bros. movie. Yeah. Otherwise, the Super Smash Bros. movie is just going to be trying to do too much. It really will, because it's going to spend half of the movie gathering all the characters. Literally, Infinity War. Yeah, that exactly. We've seen this mistake before. <laughs> I don't know if it was necessarily a mistake. but Well, like, I guess I was more thinking of the DC's Justice League. Oh, well, there's your mistake. So yeah. Get DC out of here. Well, Zack Snyder's cut was better, but still not perfect. <sighs> Zack Snyder's good. Yeah, no. Fucking I good. fucking love that DC movie. Anywho, that's not, that's what, that's that's not is, what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. All right, so... I did like how it seems The Legend of Zelda, The Master Sword is the title. Um, I do like that. That looks pretty close to what you were saying last week about how you wanted to see Ocarina of Time Link. Adult yeah. Link, Ocarina of Time. I, th- I just think that's the most iconic Link. I, um, and I think 
canonically in a Nintendo cinematic universe, it makes the most sense. Yeah, 100%. So, I've... Honestly, like, I was pretty stoked on this list at first. I was like, it's shorter, but it's also, like, a bit more concise. But now I'm feeling like I just really love our list. Yeah, no, I'm big fan of our list. This list is not bad. I The only two things I don't like are Detective Pikachu 2 and Super Mario Bros. movie. Two. Yeah, and I feel, and the placement of some of these movies is a little jumbled. It is a little jumbled. Like, I would not put Metroid right before Super Smash Bros. I... I, I feel like even, like, in hindsight of our list, like, the inclusion of Donkey Kong Country where it was was a smart move. That was that movie, like, six or seven. I don't remember. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, you had two Mario movies, and then you deviated away for a little while. Then you throw in another Mario movie to kind of, like, just remind everyone, like, oh, yeah, here's what's coming up. Then you have The Legend of Zelda or, or F-Zero or whatever. And then you have Mario Odyssey to kind of start wrapping things together before the big fight in Super Smash Bros. Yeah. I like our list. I think our list is better. Now, what's really funny, um, there's been, of course, a just tirade of comments from sweaty man children, just like us, who are upset that certain characters didn't make the cut for phase one. One of the big, most liked comments on the post is, no way Kirby isn't in phase one. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Sounds a lot like the conversation I was trying to have with you last week. Yeah, well, we found a place for Kirby. Kirby can coincide Kinda. with Ness and Earthbound. I wasn't ever, like, super happy about that, though. I just agreed to disagree to keep the list going. Well, then at least Kirby's on Earth at that point. Poyo. Poyo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one is tricky. I mean, if we had 11 movies, I'd say, fuck it, throw Kirby on for phase one. But I still wouldn't touch our list. Yeah. You know what's funny? Somebody commented, and Donkey Kong Country. Put, where's Donkey Kong Country? All they numbers. listen. They listen to this podcast for sure. You're damn right. They, that's, that's what we got. Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong's Country. It's in our roster. All right. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I love this conversation of the SMCU because it almost feels, it almost makes you feel like it's feasible. Right? Like if Nintendo... Listened. Like, if one person just looked. Nintendo's just out there watching the internet, and they're like, okay, that's this person's list. That Ooh. podcast has this list, and let's see if... Oh, we like that list. That's a good list. Let's let's do that. Yep. And then they just take a fan suggestion without ever giving them credit. They could do it. They'd make so much fucking money. Take our credit. We don't need the credit for this. Just make it happen. Uh, they, they would make so much goddamn money, Zar. It's not even fucking funny. It, it's not. And I, I just want him to take my money. That Super Smash Bros. movie would literally be the highest grossing animated film ever made. It really would. And then oh Illumination God. would beat Disney. It would be a huge deal. We would have Illumination land. Oh, dear <laughs> Christ. No. <laughs> All right. I think we have done enough on the Super Mario Cinematic Universe. I still like our list. I think our list is good. Um you were saying that we got some pretty harsh comments on our list, though. So I guess... <laughs> any, do, you want, do you want to keep hearing of them? Uh, I, I don't. But anyone else out there on Twitter, go ahead and hit us up at Game Tea Podcast X and let us know your list. Let us know how we did on our list. For what it's worth, we also got some compliments. I mean, like, the di people liked the diversity 
I I honestly got a lot more complaints about the order rather than exclusions, mm. but there were a few of like why wasn't Joe and Joe involved? And sometimes favoritism was definitely displayed. Like, where's Bayonetta? I'm like, in phase one? In phase one? Fuck you. When did she become a character in Smash Bros? Uh, if if I can't have Banjo phase one, you're damn well not getting Bayonetta. I'm not getting Sora until phase seven. Oh, God, so. no. <laughs> Sora's going to be Sora's own face. Uh, God fucking damn it. Okay. You ready to move on? We've got three quick takes today. I do believe these are yours. All right, cool. All right, quick take number one comes to us from Game Informer. Three Super Mario Game Boy Advance games hit Nintendo Switch online next week. Oh, boy. Yeah, we've got some additions. So we've got Super Mario Advance, all right? Okay. Super Mario World, Super Mario Advance 2, which, by the way, they've got to workshop these fucking names. They're not good. No. <laughs> and Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Advance 3. So you're getting some Super Mario. Yeah, cool. I'm glad to see that they're providing support to the uh, Game Boy Advance feature on the Switch. And honestly, it came pretty soon, too. So, like, I'm hoping they keep it up. The more games, the better. Oh, yeah. Just keep the traction up. Like, just keep launching games. Doesn't matter what it is. Keep providing support. That's how you keep people playing. That's true. All right. Next up. Oh, Jim Ryan reconfirmed Spider-Man 2 as a PS5 exclusive with no compromises <laughs> look, look i'm look. honestly not surprised i'm not surprised i'm when has spider-man ever gone to the xbox i'm not here because i'm surprised i'm here because i wanted to rub it in <laughs> oh that's what this is about. take a look everybody at these wonderful exclusives <laughs> <laughs> redfall homie <laughs> dude bethesda 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 you could give me the entire bethesda catalog for the spider-man games and i'd probably say no <laughs> i mean maybe you'd have skyrim but then again it's released on everything including my samsung smart fridge well so. when they re-release skyrim for the fourth time it's not gonna be on your console anymore oh <laughs> That's what the Series S is for, baby. <laughs> That's all I got. All righty. And finally, oh, speaking of this, Xbox Game Showcase 2023, everything you need to know. And it's just followed by four blank pages. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Might I, as well be. <laughs> I do actually want to read a little bit of this. The Xbox Game Showcase 2023 is just a few weeks away because it's somehow already June again. Yeah, no shit. Damn. Xbox's big summer presentation is due to be a big one this year, especially with the teasers that Microsoft executives have been dropping in recent weeks. After all, with Starfield just around this corner, we're excited to see what other upcoming Xbox Series X games gets updates and reveals this month. Including... Probably Grounded. Starfield. People are just excited about Starfield. Yeah, basically. I'm, that's that's it's the what only... I'm learning from this. Yeah, that's basically the only thing that's going on in, in Xbox's corner currently. So I want to bring up a couple of things. Number one, this just concretes the point in my mind that they should have fucking gone to E3. Yeah. No, like w the way you read that article was like, oh, so Xbox is doing their own E3 this year? Yes. Second of all, um, 
I, uh, okay, I didn't want to be a total asshole, and I wanted to give him credit by listing some of the things Xbox does have coming up. So here's just four things that I'm particularly excited about. The Lord of the Rings Gollum. Oh, yeah. No, no I've been seeing pre-orders for that. Okay, I thought you were going to judge me on that one. No, I no. I think that's going to be cool. I'm really excited for that. That's a unique take on the Lord of the Rings, which we have seen so many bad games for. Yep. I think a stealth sim would be awesome. Uh, Diablo 4. Absolutable. Everybody loves Diablo. Yeah. Okay, here's an interesting one. Crash Team Rumble. Okay. Like, kind of a fighting game. It's not like a side-scrolly fighting game like Smash, but, like, more of a, like, arena-style fighting yeah. game, but with Smash characters. I think with that's... With Crash in- characters. I think that's interesting. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that does sound cool. And, I mean, um, Xbox, Microsoft did acquire the IP for Crash. I think they... I don't remember what was all in the deal, but I know Toys for Bob is part of Xbox now. Czar, I need to get really serious for a second. I will take back literally everything negative I've ever said about Xbox if they do something to show off Hollow Knight Silk Song. Ooh, that one would would be good. And if they give me anything. But that's not even a release date, just something. Yeah, that's not an Xbox exclusive, though. It's possible, though. Well, it that it could possible. be what we see at this next showcase. Maybe. All right. I'm hoping. I'm going to. I'm. You know, Zara's going to be watching that showcase. Oh, fuck. Please, please, please. I've waited for so long. Hollow Knight came out in 2018. Yeah. yeah. You, you got it for me on my Switch as a present for something. Yeah, I did, didn't I? What yeah. did I give you that for? Probably my birthday. Birthday. Yeah, it was probably like birthday present. All right. The point is Xbox has a showcase coming up. And look, Xbox. It's me and you right here. Just me and you. Forget Zar. Zar's not here. Zar, leave. Oh. Leave. Leave the st- La, 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 la. <laughs> Cover your ears. No, seriously. In fact, we should watch this showcase together. Yeah. But I'm expecting some good shit from you, Xbox. Look, you've been dead in the water for a few years now. While Nintendo and PlayStation have come out with these amazing hardcore games, you've sat in the back and been you've been waiting for your turn, saying that amazing things are in the works. You have these incredible studios underneath you now. It's time. Yeah. Well, and I think they are going to show off a lot of big things because, you know, anytime Xbox wants to showcase something, they do their this week on Xbox. And yeah. and you can access it from the Xbox home menu. If they are setting up a showcase in the middle of June, that's a multi-day event, you know something is coming. Yes, sir. All right. Um, that's it. That's it. Do we want to do the game releases? Yes, sir. Here's our mine. All right. I will cover the game releases. So on May 24th, we have Daydream, Forgotten Sorrow for the PC, Sunshine Shuffle for the Switch and PC, Above Snakes for the PC on May 25th. Also on May 25th, we have Bat Boy for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Evil Wizard for the Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. Hello Neighbor, Search and Rescue for the PSVR 2. Uh, Tennis Manager 2023, I might get that for my wife. She loves tennis. She Uh, does? Yeah, she was a varsity tennis star in high school. Her whole family is, is tennis people. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, big tennis family. That is coming. Uh, Tennis Manager 2023 is going to the PC on May 25th. And the last game on May 25th, Lord of the Rings Gollum for the PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. 
one game coming out on May 26th, and that is Fitness Circuit for the Switch. Now, finally, on May 30th, we have two games. We have Shame Legacy for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. And finally, our last game of the week is System Shock for the PC. Now, I don't know if this is necessarily a hype-up game, more of an observation. Um, What the fuck is Hello Neighbor doing? Everything. People fucking love that game. Do you remember when Hello Neighbor was nothing more than a beta game being played by Markiplier and Jacksepticeye? Yeah, and they were just fucking around with each other. And now at this point, they've had like 10 actual game releases around Hello Neighbor. I think there are three official mainline titles and maybe like four or five spinoffs. Talking about FNAF levels here, boy. Seriously, there's a lot of Hello Neighbor out there. All right. That was one hell of an episode. That was a big episode. Yeah. I just uh, don't know what to do with myself now. I just got to go home and play. Go little, home and play Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> we got 21 days before we spoil this for everyone out there. I'm not itchy. You're itchy. <laughs> <laughs> got any more of them batteries? <laughs> that's really funny, actually. That's, that's a joke that you'll have to hear about. <laughs> that's good. In 21 days. Okay, no, seriously. In like just a couple of words, if that, how's it been going? It's better. It's not. It's, it's not. Better. It's not as unforgiving. I uh, I still keep getting one hit, and I have ten hearts. But you know, I'm still trucking. It's so irritating when you get one hit by something that, like a bokoblin, just kicks you, and oh, there goes twelve hearts. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> you're like, are you fucking me? <laughs> We've made no. It humbles you up. I'll give him that. It, humbles it you does. Up. It does. This game is a lot. More treacherous than Breath of the Wild, I will say that. 21 more days? 21 more days, and we'll actually get to talk about this. Jesus Christ, I can't wait. We better cut ourselves off, otherwise we're going to spoil something and people are going to get mad at us. Nintendo fans are easy to bait. Yeah, so I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Bye. A Herd at Sports Network production.